Welcome, welcome, welcome to the PNR podcast. It is your favorite podcaster, Michael B. Proud. And today we are on episode unlucky number 13, entitled The Worst Guys Ever. And we're going to be talking about uh, an assortment of uh, fellows I thought were worth discussing. Because uh, I just want to kind of give you a little perspective on a few people that... Uh, that are the worst, and I'm going to discuss them here. Um, I'll get into more of that later, but first got to get the, the social stuff out of the way. Facebook, Polrel PCAST. First name, Polrel, P-O-L-R-E-L. Last name, P-C-A-S-T. Then on Twitter, we got the at sign, and then the PNR podcast. And then on Patreon, because I really want a studio. <laughs> the space P space ampersand space r space podcast so that's my social stuff as i always put out and like i said it's episode 13 and we're going to discuss the worst guys ever um notice how i said guys so you know uh like somebody like elizabeth bathory is uh is fucked up and heinous as she is she didn't make the cut and uh leona helmsley that's uh that's another one doesn't make the cut um so yeah we're only gonna be talking about guys um, we might, we might do another girls one. Cause you might be asking yourself, well, who's Elizabeth Bathory? And, uh, I could probably do an episode alone on her. And, uh, you know, same thing for Leon Hell. Oh, who's, who's that? I don't know. So, um, yeah, it might be in the pipeline, but I think why, um, I think why guys are, are the worst. And this might change over the course of, uh, humanity, but, why? Why I picked five, by the way. Um, I'm never gonna have really a, a set number, cause uh, I don't want to rip off David Letterman. I mean, I might have to do a top ten. Who knows? But I I don't want to rip him off. At least I I want to put that out there. And uh, I picked three last week because between Lethal and I both uh, picking three, it became six, and I thought that was a good number to work with uh, versus the topic. It's just gonna be me tonight. And uh, I thought, you know, five, five is a good number. And um, there was a, I could have done a lot more. Like um, Vlad the Third, for example, uh, he was pretty heinous because uh, he, he, you know, the Impaler nickname. He used to, he used to take his enemies, and he gave him the old uh, John Holmes treatment. He, <laughs> he stuck him there, and then he didn't stop till it came out their mouth. So. Yeah, the that was a scumbag, and you know, there, there's many. I mean, I, I could have went with, I could have went with serial killers. I could have easily just been like, well, okay, John Wayne Gacy, Zodiac, and and so forth. And um, I could have done five Nazis because uh, well, this, this no shocker here. Adolf Hitler certainly made my list, but um, you know, there's Himmler and Goering, and um, you know, all those guys. I could have. Because they're some of the worst people that, you know, ever existed. What I kind of based my list on was not a group of people and not even the specifics I just mentioned now. It was sort of like, okay, how many people died or, you know, estimated that they died and and what were the reasons? And that's kind of where I drew my line for the worst guys ever for this episode. I feel like two of them, I shouldn't even say I feel, I know you're going to know two of them. 
And the third one, you probably will know. I kind of I kind of rank them by how terrible they are. So one is, you know, the worst, and then fifth is he's not the worst, but he's still a pretty fucking terrible person. So, but uh, yeah, that's how I did it. I uh, I ranked them like that, and I feel like again I shouldn't use feel. I know you'll know the first two. The third one you should know. The fourth one I barely knew of them, but I knew of them enough to compare them to other guys that I was considering putting on this list. Uh, and I was like, oh, you know, he's he has to make the cut. And then um, the f- the fifth guy, I kind of just, uh, I really wasn't familiar with at all. And then I kind of find out, you know, what he was all about. So I was like, okay, you know, these other guys I did know better. I feel like this guy is still worse. So I'm going to put him at fifth. So let's get into it. Okay, one and two, like I like I'd said before, you, you know who they are, and it shouldn't even be a shock that I ranked them this way, but it's Hitler and then Stalin. You know, I'm, everybody sort of sort of knows, but maybe they don't know the full thing, and that's why I'm going to kind of go into both just a little bit. And then um, next on my list, you know what? I'll I'll, I'll go to I'll go to third after, but um, Hitler, he was responsible for fifty million deaths, and I know you're gonna say, "Oh, the Holocaust was only this much or whatever." Yes, true. Fifty million people didn't die in the Holocaust, but because of you know how he ran things from twenty three when he, he gained uh he gained control of the Nazi party all the way up to 45 when he, he murked himself in the bunker. He's responsible for 50 million deaths because there's the Holocaust, which was several million. It was like, uh, they estimate any between, I think it's like six to 14 is like the estimates. And then you got world war two that killed a bunch of people. And then just his brutality over the years. Cause, um, he wasn't shy about, you know, killing people. So Hitler, um, why I also have him ranked the highest though, is be, it's just because of the genocide, really. It's not because wars happen. I can't, I can't hold it. You know, even though his war was the worst by far, because a it was a a conflict that dragged the whole world into it, and um, b it's not like all these other wars over time where I mean, there's always been people who have started war over nefarious purposes, but um, the majority of war is actually not for those nefarious purposes. It's always been. It's always been trying to, oh, we're going to conquer this land or whatever and make it part of our own land. Like, that was sort of like the Roman thing. And there was other wars that were like over that too, but that, that always seems to be, well, mostly it seems to be the reason of war. The fairest purposes is, like, he, he wanted to conquer the world. So, yes, he wanted to make his nation bigger, which is, like I said, usually the cause of war. But Hitler also, he wanted to you know, the master race and all that sort of thing. So it wasn't so much that he just wanted to make Germany bigger. He was already doing that anyways before World War II because he was just marching in there everywhere and they're like, yeah, here's our land. Uh, you know, because Chamberlain's like, oh, yeah, we're going to give you whatever you want, Hitler. It's cool. So he was already doing that before the war. And then, you know, Fall Weiss, or ugh, I'm not even saying my German right. The The white case was picked and then he went into Poland and the whole thing started. But before that, like I said, he was just, he was walking in the everywhere and he's like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to take this. This is fine. Hitler, like I said, he he had other 
reasons for war, and it was pretty much just to install the master race. That was his end achievement. He wanted everybody to be Aryan. Everybody else was just going to get wiped out, which would have been interesting had he won World War II because then it's like, how many blonde-haired, blue-eyed Italians and Japanese exist? You know, so what was going to happen with the rest of the Axis powers? Were they just going to be like, yeah, this is fine. <laughs> like, it was going to be like the dog in the burning room. Like, so who knows, you know, how that would have went after it had, you know, had uh, Germany won the war. But uh, I don't want to get off into a tangent because uh, I'm not going to talk about uh, possible scenarios. I'm going to talk about what did happen. He he killed 50 million. And like I said, the, the, the real thing that sticks out to me is the genocide. And there's 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 other guys on this list too. Um especially the fourth place guy. Uh he was real genocidal. Uh not so much more than Hitler, of course, but um <laughs> to his own people. Oh, so strange. But yeah, that's why I have uh Hitler so high though, because the amount versus uh his his reasons for it. And I'm not saying there's a good reason to mur you know, murder millions of people. But um, the genocide is just the, the one thing that really bothers me, like going out of your way to try to kill a whole race or a whole culture. Um, I had discussed this already on the Holocaust episode, just like there's there's very th few things that can like really push my buttons. And even things that I find like despicable or disgusting or whatever, I will at least I'll hear it out. And but it's like pedophilia and like genocide are like the two things where it's just like nope I don't I don't put up with that at all and um that's pretty much just why I I had Hitler at the top of my list though because genocide is just one of those things where it's I find it one of the most disgusting things that a human being could to could want to you know wipe another race out or a culture or you know there's there's various forms of genocide so whatever you can apply that to, though, whatever adjective you can throw on before that, you know, I feel that way, though. Like, just genocide is the most disgusting thing ever. And that's why, you know, Hitler's at the top of this worst guy ever list. Because 50 million people and genocide was the, the main motivator. The next guy, um, Stalin. And like I said that shouldn't be a surprise to anybody either. Stalin killed 20 million and it's uh it's mostly due to famine and uh paranoia. He got he got put in charge. I'll I'll give you a, a brief little history lesson here. Stalin got put in charge when uh Lenin died. Lenin was the there was uh <sighs> I'm trying to organize this best for you. Communism was uh it was two parties in Russia uh long before you know the the czar fell and they they uh the USSR formed and all that communism communism was two parties and you had uh you had Lenin and Lenin was in charge of the Bolsheviks and you had the Mensheviks and at first the Mensheviks were in charge they were the bigger party they were more powerful they had a bigger voice or whatever uh, Lenin was persistent, though, with his his uh, his Bolsheviks. Eventually, the Bolsheviks uh, they had a civil war with the Mensheviks, and the Bolsheviks became in charge. Thus, when the USSR formed, the the Bol Bolsheviks were the USSR essentially, because 
the Mensheviks either went into hiding or they were killed or whatever the case is. You have that, though. Um, and you have this guy, Stalin, and uh, I forget his... Dugashvili. It's like um, Yosef Dugashvili or something like that. I don't speak Georgian. And uh, if you don't know, Georgia is not just a state in, in the southern United States. It's also a country. I'm not trying to be condescending or anything. I just Some people probably just don't know that. So Georgia is a country, though, also. And that's where Stalin's from. And that was, uh, like I said, that was his original name. He changed it to Stalin, which meant Man of Iron, when um, he was trying to impress his, uh, his, his buddy, uh, Lenin, which was technically his boss. But so, okay, so you had, you had Stalin. He was Georgian. He wanted to be a priest. Uh, at some point, he changed his mind and became an atheist. <laughs> and then he became a bank robber because he was trying to support the Bolsheviks. And this is when he caught the attention of Lenin. And then um, he saw how dedicated he was to the Bolshevik cause, so Lenin, you know, started giving him promotions and stuff, so he wasn't just a bank robber anymore or a thug. He was, uh, he was starting to wield a little bit of power. And um, Lenin's wife didn't like, yeah, just did, uh, that's the easiest way to kind of go with the story. She didn't like uh, Stalin for whatever reason. And uh, she kind of whispered in her husband's ear about him or whatever. And uh, one time they got into a, a heated argument, and uh, Stalin said some very unflattering <laughs> remarks, like uh, syphilitic, <laughs> syphilitic whore <laughs> and, and such. Um, of course, I go back to Lenin. Wasn't too happy about that one. But, um, you know, Stalin was kind of this uh, conniver at this stage because this is now the, the Duma... Um, they're in a like a temporary government. The czar is gone. I think the czar is actually the czar and the czarina and the the rest of uh, the the royal the Romanov family. Well, the the ruler ones, anyways, because the other ones went into hiding or exile or dead or whatever. Um, yeah, I think they've already been shot when uh, this whole thing went down. The transfer of power, really. But um, so yeah, this is like 1920 or whatever, and. Uh, Lenin suffering strokes. The the wife is kind of running the show, sort of like what happened with Woodrow Wilson over here. Um, but yeah, she didn't like Stalin. Stalin said some mean things. Um, Lenin wasn't too pleased. But the next thing you know, Lenin's dead. And uh, like I said, uh, he's a uh, he. This guy was cunning. So you know, they always say they always want to go with, oh well, it was his health or whatever. But I. I feel like there, you know, there's some other people out there that feel like, you know, Lenin's downfall was actually caused by Stalin. But they just always go with, well, he suffered a series of strokes and it is what it is. But I think there's a little more than meets the eye there. But we'll never really know. Anyway, so you have Lenin, you have uh, Trotsky. Um, Lenin wants Trotsky dead. So Trotsky runs away to like Mexico or whatever. Uh, so, you know, he doesn't get to be in charge. Lenin, Lenin leaves Stalin in charge. And uh, Stalin, he, this is where the deaths start happening now. Um, I think it was in 21, he installed uh, a policy of uh, collectivization. <laughs> I hope I said that uh, correctly. I mean, it is an English word, but it's just a, a strange one. But the whole premise to it is um, the peasants are going to give us all their grain. 
And then the peasants who are living a little bit better, I think they call them kulaks, um, we're going to just kill them because, you know, we're communists and they can't have any, they can't have a nice life. It's just like, nope, you're going to die and we're going to take your farm and we're going to spread it to the, the other peasants. Because what, what you need to understand about the world is even in the, the 20th century, um, it was very feudal. Like, these places were still like serfdoms, basically. Like, you had you had peasants who worked the fields, and then you had the guys that uh, owned these fields, and, you know, they were just collecting money and food. And because of that, because they had so many fields under their control, they were rich, and then you just had the royalty. This kind of changed with uh, communism, because... Communism just, well, at least uh, Russian communism, it replaced the royalty with um, the ruling elite, which was Stalin and all his buddies or whatever. And then you didn't have, like, an aristocracy, though. After, because, like I said, the kulaks were wiped out. They they weren't allowed to, to have their way anymore. So it was just like, okay, now the serfs are going to do that. And... The serfs, you know, these peasants or whatever, they were they were still working the fields, but they had to give all their yield to the elite. And then, you know, if there was anything left for them, it would go back to them. But this is why a famine took place. Because this was a bad policy. It just, you know, he thought, Stalin thought, oh, this, this will work out eventually. But no, a bunch of people died and then they had to abandon it. So it was a bad idea. But the other terrible thing that happened was they were trying to um they were trying to heavily industrialize because stalin thought hey we got 10 years to you know get industrial or we're going to be crushed by the rest of the world and um i'm not going to even argue with that that's kind of that's kind of true because if if at any moment people just got sick of russia's shit and they were still uh you know primitive in, in that regard, then yeah, they would have they would have wiped it out, and it wouldn't even have been hard. So between the collectivization policies and you know, you know, conflicts, war, armed war conflicts uh, on the horizon, and the industrial state because Peter the Great wasn't in charge anymore, you know. So all all those factors, you know. It led to what happened, but it also led to a ton of death. So, like I said, at the the beginning, Stalin, 20 million. And famine was the first thing. I already covered that. But paranoia, which it seems like is kind of something that, all, well, maybe except for the last guy, but all these guys kind of share in common on my list. Paranoia was also another feature. Like, Hitler was famous for his paranoia. He, uh, he Oh, somebody said something bad about Hitler or, or the Nazis. Let's shoot him or whatever. It's no different for Stalin. Stalin had had the Great Purge in the late 30s. I think that they that started that policy in 35 or 36 or whatever. He just started having even people people that he liked or got along with. He still, you know, his paranoia didn't let him trust them, so he had them shot, and that killed millions of people too. And like I said, this was really some some of his friends. I am not even like being funny or being. This isn't like a conspiracy theory or anything. Like Stalin literally had like some of his closest allies murdered, and that's what even started the the the, the great purge. Was um, the guy's name escapes me right now, but he was shot outside of his office. Um, so they think that Stalin tapped the assassin. So, though, so the assassin was betrayed by Stalin because he got captured and killed. They killed the guy's wife. They killed his mother. Like. 
Stalin, that's when it started, though. And like I said, people that he he loved and trusted, you know, he had them shot. So <laughs> 20 million deaths attributed to Stalin. Something uh, interesting uh, that most people don't know about Stalin is he, he wanted to give up because... Um, at, during World War II, because he had signed the the non-aggression pact with the Hitler, so Germany and Russia weren't going to attack each other. I'm sorry to sidetrack. I just find this interesting, though, and this is my podcast, so I can do this sort of thing. <laughs> um, so yeah, they signed that that non-aggression pact, and uh, when the hostilities broke out, they agreed they were going to attack each other. Now, Hitler betrayed that pact in June of 1942 when he launched uh, Operation Barbarossa, and he had no problem going through Russia, like the, the, the western part of the country. Like, he was just rolling through cities, and there was nothing they could do, and there's, they couldn't put a stop to it. And at one point, Stalin wanted to surrender because he's like, they're getting close to Moscow, we're not winning any battles. There's nothing I can do. He almost was a victim of a coup, which I don't know how many people are aware of. But what ended up happening is Stalin t- tested uh, the people in charge, like their, you know, their loyalty or whatever. The people in charge of the war and all that. He tested their loyalty, and it kept on going back to to Stalin that you know, hey, we want you in charge. You're still, you know, you're the most powerful person. Uh, in in the Soviet Union, this, that, and the other. But, yeah, a coup was almost considered, and Stalin was so paranoid that he thought, you know, maybe a coup was about to take place, but he kind of he kind of tested their loyalty. They're like, no, we still want you in charge. So he knew he had really dodged a bullet right there. So, yeah, he's second worst, though, because uh, he was just a terrible person. There's There's no other way around that. He... He's so fucked up that he had his own he he Stalin uh, let's go back a little bit again. Stalin had a a wife in Georgia. Um this is after he'd left seminary school cuz he didn't want to be a priest anymore, but this is before he kind of had his little rise to power. Um this is like kind of the time he was like a thief and an assassin and whatnot. So he had a wife there though. Uh, he had a kid with her. She died very young, though. And then he just became a complete mess after that. He's like, I'm not... I have uh, no soft spot on me. You know, everything that I cared about with humanity pretty much died with her or whatever. So, you know, he has a kid with her, though. That kid's raised by the in-laws because she's, she's dead and he's off to, you know, get his power or whatever. And uh, the kid gets captured in Ukraine during World War II. And the Nazis want to bargain with him, like, hey, we, you know, we got your son or whatever. How about uh, we trade your son for, uh, you know, some of our German officers or whatever? He said, I have no son. Uh, son gets executed. And that, 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 like I said, that just shows you how fucked up Stalin is. That, that tells you everything you need to know about the guy. Guy killed his own wife. Uh, they're having a, a dinner party. And uh, it's like the 15th anniversary of uh, the October Revolution. Uh, at the party, he starts insulting his wife in front of all these people, whatever. And But she kind of throws it back because, she, she, you know, she was kind of strong or whatever. She's just like, you know, why aren't you being respectful of me? I'm your wife. Next day, servants found her dead, gunshot wound to the head. 
So that tells you everything you need to know about Stalin. Like, he didn't even give a fuck about his own family. He would kill them if, uh, you know, they crossed him or whatever. So, yeah, Stalin's a fucked up guy. Number two on the list. Now, number three. And the guy that I said, maybe you'll know him, maybe you don't. Uh, Chairman Mao Zedong. 40 to 70 million people dead. And granted, that's that's not a lot like uh, Stalin. And it's, I mean, there's, there's certainly famine involved in it. He had a five-year plan. That didn't work out. And, you know, there was there was a drought and there was uh, tsunamis which brought floods and stuff. So there was, you know, there was a lot to, it wasn't so much like um, Stalin's plan. I mean, he didn't have uh, he didn't have it operate the, in the same regard, but it still was like a plan to fail. Like you can't just you can't take this the food from the people and be like, okay, we're gonna make sure the elites have what they need, and then y- you get whatever's left over. You you can't be doing that because you're you're gonna have people that are dying, and these are the people that are working your farms. Eventually, you're gonna run out of food because where are you gonna get the people? It's not this is not the 21st century where things are starting to look a whole lot more automated and that's something I'm going to have to cover in the future, I'm sure, because I think UBI is something that needs to be discussed, but we're not going to get into that right now. Chairman Mao, 40 to 70 million. He was a bad dude, but like I said, the the, the thing, the reason why I have him at uh, third instead of second, like Stalin, is even though he was a paranoid kind of guy too, and there's a whole story about the mangoes I'm, I'm going to have to talk about later, that wasn't really till, you know, a little later on, even he, you know, he fell out of power because of it. But, you know, his paranoia wasn't as great as Stalin's. And that's why I just, I kind of, you know, I put, I put him at third because, like I said, the para, paranoia is just not as much. He didn't have, uh, he didn't have the genocide like Hitler did. Because, you know, if the 70 million figure, which is, it's the high end, but if that's true, that's, that's more than Hitler, but like I said, Hitler, Hitler is a, lo- a lot worse to me than anybody else on this list because of the genocide. Um, Chairman Mao really didn't have that, but um, it's you know it's kind of weird to me with Chairman Mao because he and he and the fourth guy, um, they kind of came from good backgrounds. Like with Hitler and Stalin, you had you had horrible fathers who were just violent and like. They were alcoholics and stuff. Like, they were terrible to their sons. So they had that in common, Hitler and Stalin. And um, you also had mothers that uh, just... They weren't bad moms, but it was just, like, they were, like, crazy and, like, feeding, like, delusion almost to to their sons. Maybe to compensate for the the bad fathers they had. Because, like I said, these guys were... They'd get drunk and beat the shit out of their kids. Like, Hitler almost got killed at the hands of his father. Um, I didn't see anything, uh, over the years that suggested something similar happened to Stalin, but who knows, maybe so, but yeah, that's the, that's the similarity I had though, that their background sort of where, you know, they came from those fathers and mothers. And now, uh, you don't really have that with Chairman Mao though. What's interesting about Mao is, um... He his father was kind of a successful farmer, and again, a feudal system. But the it wasn't 
so much there was like kind of a gray area with him where the father wasn't like the warlord who oversaw all the farms or he, he you know he wasn't a peasant like he just owned a, a couple of, of uh, rice paddies like a few acres worth of it and you know he was he was able to do well enough where he had other guys work the farm and then Mao you know uh he just kind of had a, a okay upbringing because of that like he had uh, food, he had clothes, he had a place to live. And, you know, these are kind of just the basics or whatever, but, you know, it, back in 1890s China, that wasn't the case for everybody. Like, you know, a lot of these people didn't have that for their kids, so Mao had actually a pretty good upbringing. So, it's it like I said, it's kind of weird to me that he would be so oppressive later on, but, um, yeah, that's uh, that's why he's third, though. It's it's not so much, um, you know, the forced labor is bad, because that's a uh, that's a uh, you know one of the installations he had uh, after forty six when, you know, China became kind of what it is right. Well, not right now, but at that time at least. Um, yeah, there was a lot of forced labor, a lot of famine, uh, and even he got paranoid at one point, and uh, like the sixties and started executing people. But I put him at third because, like I said, there's no genocide. And it, the famine thing, even though that was bad, it wasn't like Stalin's where, you know, that was a plan that was going to fail from the start and he didn't even care. And uh, the Mango story uh, I wanted to share with you real quick. Mangoes were brought to to China and I don't, even, I don't know the year. But, uh, yeah, no one was really familiar with this fruit and that's fine. It's a... Caribbean fruit this is probably a lot of Americans who've never tried mango before and you know it's just a they they farm it just a little south of our borders so it's yeah it's growing in tropical regions or whatever and um yeah Mao Mao got his hands on some and then he thought it was like a, a fruit from the gods basically and then because of this it started to get um passed down to to the elites uh in China and it became like so synonymous with like being like the god fruit or whatever and like just as like this is the best thing ever people were literally being executed if they spoke bad about mangoes i am not like kidding and i don't know how long that lasted in china but it was at least maybe when the mango was a big deal it would get back to people that you know had the authority to to snuff that out and that actually did happen now, this is kind of a story I just learned. I haven't this isn't like um this isn't like the Hitler and Stalin thing where I've known, you know, for several decades now that, you know, about their parents and uh sort of maybe that's why they became the people that they were because of those influences. I don't say that as an excuse. I just say maybe that's why they were so brutal or whatever. But I just recently learned this mango story and if true, if I hear it again somewhere, I'll know for a fact now that it's like, okay, maybe there is some merit to that story. But that is incredible if people were getting killed over a dislike of mangoes. Because uh, not a huge mango guy right here. It would suck if I got executed because I, uh, you know, didn't care for mangoes. <laughs> that's that's pretty wild. Um, Okay, number four. We're going to hit number four. And then number five. And then... 
maybe somebody will leave some comments somewhere like, hey, how did how'd you skip over uh, Robespierre? I don't know. I just I thought these five were the worst. If uh, you want to argue with me, that's fine. I, I welcome those sort of things. But on the number four. Number four is a guy by the name of Pol Pot. And um, like I said at the beginning of the episode, if, you, if you're not familiar with them, that's kind of okay. Because this is kind of a guy I had to to reach out on my own sort of to kind of learn about because he's not really covered. He's not covered in high school history. And if you take a very specific college course, then you'd probably learn about him. Like, um, I'm sure there's a few college history courses, courses where they, uh, they definitely teach, they touch on this guy. But, uh, yeah, they don't really talk about him in high school. And he was kind of, um, He's related to Vietnam, certainly. But um, all you learn about is, you know, the Viet Cong and Ho Chi Minh and uh, South Vietnam and, you know, American involvement. Uh, I think the the most interesting thing I found out about Vietnam was it goes back all the way to 1955. Like, the majority of the fighting was, like, the late 60s, early 70s, and then it ended in, in the mid-70s. So, when... Like, what you think about Vietnam on the surface, it, it's actually surprising that it goes back as far as 55. And, of course, there were, there were like, no... There wasn't violence or hostilities back then, but the seeds were already kind of be, being planted at that point. So, uh, Pol Pot was... Uh, again, he's he's sort of like Mao, that he had a, a good upbringing. Like, um, he came from uh, just a normal Cambodian family. Uh, the French were... In, in power at the time in, in Cambodia. So um, he got to, he got to like learn, Fr- he got to go to the French school and learn French and he got to learn about French things. So he was very familiar with the uh, French culture, but, be- you know, because he was literate and whatnot too, though, he got to learn, you know, other stuff. So um, yeah, he had a pretty normal upbringing. Like I said, he got to go to school and at that time, you know, it was still... The, you know, things were the the way they were. So, him having just the 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 basic necessities was actually pretty good for him. Um, eventually he became involved in in communism. And uh, he he gained a group, and they were they they were called the the Khmer Rouge, and they they supplanted um the Cambodian king, which was kind of a puppet king, because like I said, France was was in charge of the majority of that region at the time actually they uh they got kind of pushed out and then all those countries went uh communist and uh Cambodia is no different though and uh one thing i found interesting about Pol Pot was uh if you know what Angkor Wat is um please if you don't please find out uh don't I'm just going to tell you briefly what it is, but I mean, you really need to see, see this thing for yourself. It's very impressive. It was, um, it's a huge temple complex and they built it long ago and there's kind of mysteries, uh, surrounding it, but it's very impressive. And it's one of the things I would definitely like to see, um, before I die. It's, I don't have a bucket list or whatever. Um, maybe I would if I knew when I actually was going to die. But uh, I'm not some mid-30s guy with a bucket list. It's just, like I said, it's like that in, like, the pyramids and, like, uh, 
like Westminster and <laughs> there's just like a lot of stuff I want to see and uh, Angkor Wat is one of them. But anyways, it's this huge impressive thing and he kind of, he used it to talk to the people because this guy was very charismatic. That's why he was so successful really. Um, he kind of just said, it, you know, if the Cambodians could build Angkor Wat, just think of all the other things we can do. So I think that was something that maybe helped uh, rally the people to his cause. But he's another one of these guys, though, that they go to school, they learn about communism, they think fucking Karl Marx is some great guy, they they want to make love to him and have his babies, if that were possible. Uh, Yeah, but anyways, though, so, they, you know, they get on the communist tip, and then uh, he gets all these people to support him, because, like I said, very charismatic guy, and these people have nothing, so he's able to convince, because this is how Mao did it, too, He's able to convince them, oh, I'll, you know, you'll get stuff if you, if you, you know, go with this communism, whatever. So here's where it gets bad, though. Uh, Pol Pot might be more paranoid than anybody on my list. And Hitler was pretty famous for his paranoia. But I think Pol Pot truly might be the most paranoid guy on my list. And uh, that led him to genocide. Because he wasn't, he wasn't taking foreigners and killing them. He was trying to ethnically cleanse his own people. He was ethnically cleansing his own people. That's what's so weird about Pol Pot and his genocide. It wasn't it wasn't like Hitler's where it's like, oh, you know, we got the the Ro- Romani culture, we got the Jews, the Serbs. Like he wasn't he wasn't specifically like like Hitler where it's like Hitler viewed all these guys as non-Germans and thus, you know, he was going to get rid of them through genocide, but it, it was with that way. The Khmer Rouge and Pol Pot were, were killing their own people. So that's what's so strange uh, about Pol Pot's genocide. And um, that's why I got him at fourth, though. Because as shitty as a guy that is, as Pol Pot was, he wasn't in, he was actually wasn't in power very long. Like, he was always making these agreements, and then maybe the, the Khmer Rouge kind of took over you know, Cambodia, uh, about the same time that, you know, the United States and South Vietnam kind of, well, the United States withdrew and South Vietnam gave up. And then, you know, the North took over. It was sort of with Cambodia, it was sort of the same thing like Pol Pot took over, I think in 74. And then he only lasted a few years before he he was pushed out and then he went into exile and he died like a decade later. That's what I just, I found so strange about Pol Pot was that he wasn't getting rid of these foreigners. He was he was killing his own people. He was he was doing genocide in, in Cambodia. It was pretty much just like anybody who didn't want to join the Khmer Rouge, they they were wiped out. So he was wiping out whole families. Um the like I said the number the numbers uh two million it doesn't seem to be any uh like there's no like wide range. Like with Hitler you get a wide range. Like with Mao you get certainly a wide range of different numbers thrown at you. With Pol Pot the the general consensus is uh 2 million. And if they you know if they're off it's only by thousands. They they don't really have like that wide million million worth gap. Like some of the the other guys I mentioned. But um yeah, that's why I got met fourth cuz you know, just like I said, the genocide. The ge- genocide bothers me. 
if you I don't think you can use this as ammunition against me, and that's why I kinda even admit it too. It's just like that's one of the one of the few hot buttons I have is genocide. I feel like I had something else interesting to mention about Pol Pot. Oh yeah. Um this is something disgusting that he kinda did too. If if true. He this well, there's two things. One was that he collected the skulls of like his his serious enemies. Like if he had an enemy executed or whatever, and it was like somebody that was really on his shit list, sort of like he's on my shit list, he would keep the skull of that guy after the execution. Which is just that's really bizarre. And um if this is true also I guess he didn't want to waste ammunition um, on babies because he would have babies killed. So supposedly he would just have them torn apart, like just rip the limbs off, rip the head off, it's dead, whatever. Like just a, killing a baby is already strange enough, but being like, well, I'm not going to make it quick and I don't want you to waste bullets, so pull them apart till they die. How fucked up are you to even, like... Because, like, like I said, like I already said, killing a baby is really, really twisted and bizarre. But I can't believe you just want to just use a, a bullet and, like, kill them quickly. Like, how... Where where do you come up with these fucked up ideas to be like... I You know what? I'm not going to even dive into that rabbit hole because it's just... It's already fucked up to start with. Last guy on my list. Even a guy... I wasn't so familiar with. I was familiar in the smallest way, and not even specifically with this guy. I'm just kind of familiar with the colonization of South Africa. And this isn't this isn't even South Africa. So this is this is like West Central, I think. So I'm really I'm really not familiar with this guy. But when I was trying to come up with a shit list and I got stuck around number four, and that's when I was like, oh, I'm going to go with Pol Pot for number four. I was thinking who my fifth guy would be, and like I said, I would mentioned Vlad, and there's Robespierre, and uh, I don't know, this is, you, you can go with the Kims. So there's some Americans that's, oh, Barack Obama certainly should be number one, or uh, President Trump, uh, the, the Phantom Menace, make him number one. First of all, I, I'm never going to put any president, whether they are on my personal shit list or not, on a worse person's list. There's just, there's no president that is going to fit that that criteria. There's no way. There's nobody. There's no president that I'm going to, I'm going to do that with. I'm not going to do that with Barack Obama, which some people hate him enough that they would put him number one on their shit list. Trump is not going to make it. James Buchanan is not going to make it. Abraham Lincoln is not going to make it. Harry Truman is not going to make it. There's no president. <laughs> there's no president that I'm going to put on this list. No, there's no way. They're not as bad as these five people. There's there's none. There's none that are as, as bad as these five people. Now, this, like I said, there's been presidents who have been bad people, but none are as bad as this. these guys. Because none of them have been genocidal or they killed people over famine or... No, it's... Or they, they, they didn't kill people who were paranoia. 
America doesn't have the cleanest hands in the world, but our leaders, as bad or as good as they are, it's never been as bad as these five. So no, no Obama, as some of you you guys call him on my list. No, what do they call him? I don't need. I, I fan of fan of menace is my favorite nickname for the guy because whether you're a big supporter of his, a big hater of his, whether you're a Democrat, Republican, no matter what walk of life you come from, it's hard to de- to deny that that guy is orange as fuck. Therefore, Phantom Menace is a good nickname, I think, because he's very orange. He's very orange. You cannot deny that. No matter who you are, even if you're if you're in love with Trump. You can't deny that he's super orange. It's just, it's not possible. It's like liar, liar. You can't deny the color of the pen. You can't deny the color of Trump. He's orange. But you can still, you can still love the guy, I guess, even if he's orange, and you can hate him, even if he's orange. Whatever. He's orange. So, besides that, though, I don't want to get into this long, drawn-out thing. This is the last guy. I thought about other guys... I saw the 10 million attached to this guy, and I said, okay, he's going to be who I finish with. So the fifth guy on my shit list, my worst guys ever list, is King Leopold II of Belgium. And like I said, you probably don't know him. I didn't. All I was familiar with was, you know, the colonization of Africa was brutal. It probably doesn't get more brutal than this guy, though. And that's why he makes my list. Because King Leopold, he killed 10 million Congolese. And it was all for money. Because, uh, again, this is one of those guys' fucked up uh, upbringing. He's royalty, though. So that's uh, you'd think he'd at least have some sort of little advantage. But the, the if you've seen these royal families, there's some scandal here and there. Especially with, um, you know, Harry... Uh, He's not. I don't think he's a prince anymore. Or whatever. Uh, he's been in the news lately because uh, he's finally, you know, cut all ties with the royals. He's just like, at this point, he's pretty much just like a Windsor, and that's about the only <laughs> relation he still has with them. But uh, he, you know, he talked about his his mom or whatever, and he thinks that uh, she might have been murdered because uh, not so much the paparazzi, but. She was uh, this woman who they thought was going to expose some, like, royal secrets or whatever. So then they had to have her killed. Uh, the whole thing's uh, crazy. I just think um, it was it was what it was with the paparazzi. And the guy behind the wheel was drunk. And uh, I don't think it just ended any other way. I think that's just what, what it was. But um, I don't want to talk about that because I got to talk about King Leopold. King Leopold, uh, like I said, shitty, shitty upbringing. His father uh, was an adulterer and um, it left the mom depressed in the marriage, but then the mom was mean to the kids because she resented the father. So Leopold pretty much just got crapped on by his mom and his father wasn't really involved, so shitty upbringing. Uh, He eventually becomes king of Belgium, though. Belgium wants to colonize part of Africa uh, because they want to be rich because... That's the only thing that um, King Leopold kind of understood was money makes me feel good. So if I have all this money, then I'm going to feel good about things. So he decides um, 
he's going to colonize the Congo because a lot of uh, Africa has already been partitioned to other countries or whatever. They've already started calling, colonizing it and whatnot. Congo has not been because Congo is just a very dangerous country between uh, the, the people that were there, the inhabitants, and all the wildlife and uh, the temperatures and the terrain and uh, the bugs that can give you the diseases. So, so Congo, uh, Congo wasn't colonized at this point. And uh, Leopold, he met with uh, all the other leaders at uh, a conference in Berlin, uh, all the other leaders in Europe, and he said, I'm going to colonize the Congo, and when that's done, I'll be a trade partner with whoever wants it. So he realized, uh, because of um, the explorer-slash-journalist uh, uh, Henry Stanley, yes, the Stanley of Stanley and Livingston, talking with him, he he kind of realized, you know, what's what's available in the country because that's been the only guy to really have ever seen it outside of Africa was uh, Stanley. Stanley lets him know there's uh, an abundance of rubber trees there. And he says, okay, the only other place in the world that has rubber is South America. And it's harder to get the, the rubber there to here. So I'll get all the rubber in Congo and I'll take it back to Belgium and I'll be a super rich guy. So that's his plan. He's going to have this monopoly on the rubber trees down in the Congo. So um, he calls the Congo, ironically, the Congo Free State. And he he sends his guys down there, all these Belgium guys, to to take it over, basically. And then, uh, you know, this is the late 1800s, and he's enslaving the population there. And this is all just for the love of money. So he, uh, you know, by, by the time it was all said and done, and the rest of the world found out what was going on down there, um, he had already killed 10 million Congolese. And he did it all for money. I probably maybe should have put him a little higher because as fucked up as a fine genocide, um, 10 million and you're you're doing it for fucking money. Like, you're already the most powerful person in Belgium, so he wasn't doing it for, for power or whatever. He he enslaved these people to, to get rubber plants and he, he held the, the families hostages. He would, uh, he'd burn a village down and then, you know, he'd kill a few people just to, to show how serious he was uh, about things, well, not him, but you know his henchmen or whatever. So they, yeah, they would burn down the village, and then all the men would r- run out to fight, and then he would just kill a few of them, and he'd be like, he'd take the the women and children hostage, and he'd be like, if you don't get me a certain amount of rubber, uh, I'm gonna kill your family. So that's that's what he was. He had rubber quotas, and he was gonna kill these people if they couldn't be met. And he wasn't he wasn't paying them or or treating them right or any he was they were slaves there's there's no way around that it's not like they were just like well okay get us this amount of rubber and you know like an indentured sort of relationship where they're they're not necessarily free but maybe they can work at their freedom and they'll at least be taken care of well like an indentured servant would be but no these people were just slaves it was just like. Get this, get these rubber, get this amount of rubber out of the trees, or I'm gonna fucking kill your family. And it was that simple. There's, there's no other way around it. So Europe, uh, Europe eventually learned the truth because there was a guy that, um, you know, he was seeing these these rubber plantations, and um, 
he said he he told somebody he was going to go public with it, and they they offered him a ton of money. But uh, as good as he is, I wish I knew his name. Um, as good a person as he is, though, he said, "Nope, I'm going to let everybody know what what you're doing here, and then you know we'll go from there." So finally, Europe learned about the war crimes, and they uh they decided to you know the the this. See, the country wasn't even seized from them, though. Like normally, there'd be a convention, and then the land would have been seized. It was they they even paid him, so they paid Leopold to stop being such an asshole down in in the Congo. But long story short, though, that's that's what happened down there, though, and um, that's why King Leopold makes my shit list because ten million slaves dead. Also, he could he could be super rich off the the fucking rubber but he already was cuz he was a royal but um he remarked uh i think to king uh or kaiser wilhelm or somebody like that at a parade he said all you know all we have left is is money and you know the money the amount of money is what separates them so that's just a sick human being to to kill 10 million people give them shitty lives before they die and it's all for so you can be already way richer than you are. You're already super rich because, like I said, you're a royal. With being a royal comes some money. Already super rich, dude. And this is, you know, this is the route he decides to go down. Now, kind of to to wrap things up here. Um, these are just they're all bad people, and I don't, I don't see how it's even deniable. So if you want to argue with me, that's fine. Or if you want to suggest somebody else, I'm I'm open to suggestions. But these are, I kind of just wanted to, I want to let people know. Just, you know, with two of these guys, it's <laughs> it's not so much that. But I wanted, just like I said, I, you know, the way I run this podcast is I talk about anything and everything. And I thought this was something that I should talk touch on i just want you to know there's some there's some horrible people out there that's why i decided to do this episode and like i said i might i might find five females that uh i might put on a worst a worst gals list or something along those lines because uh yeah every now and then i'm gonna have a, a shit list basically which uh if it, if you're not familiar with that term it's just a list of horrible things so i'm gonna Every so often, I'm going to have an episode where I'm going to do that. I'm going to let you know about some bad fucking people or whatever the case is. Because, you know, I really haven't done that so much since I started this because a few have been military stories. One was about, you know, a sports championship game. Um, And we'll, we'll have episodes like that in the future. But, again, I just... I, I look at my topics list and I kind of go down and I'm like, Ugh, you know what, this needs to be covered. So I just kind of wanted to let you know about five people that I really fucking, they're terrible to me and I hate them. Even though they're they're long dead and buried, I when I read about their exploits, it, it, it angers me. But So, next week, I don't know what the episode's going to be. <laughs> it's uh, It's even a mystery to me. And we've had that happen at least once on this this podcast where I didn't really know. I knew what I was going to talk about, but I didn't know how I was going to talk about it. And I still, I need to record that episode one of these days. 
There, it might be a very long one because uh, I could probably come up with a hundred reasons for why I separated. But yeah, it was a military episode. I didn't know which direction I wanted to take it in, and um, I ended up just doing stories or whatever because that's what I I do like. But um, yeah, that's um, there could be three, there could be three different uh ways the episode's gonna go next week, and um. I'm not going to get specifically into it. It's just going to be a mystery. I might tell you this. It it might be politics. It might be religion. But it's it's definitely going to be one of those two. So I'll, I'll give you that much of a hint. But like I said, it could go in three different directions. So I'll, I'll figure it out. I'll figure it out maybe as early as tomorrow what I, what I want to do. And then I'll start working on the notes. Because I don't like to have a lot of notes. Today's notes were just the, the order of the guys. And then how many they killed... And then all that other stuff, it's just like I either knew it about them or I found out before I recorded. But yeah, like I said, um, next week it's going to be a mystery. So we'll we'll figure out together what I ended up doing. So um, I don't know if I want to bring back... Uh, I was doing... I don't know if you remember. Like one episode I did Latin mottos. I think I'll just throw out Invictus uh, Manio. <laughs> I think I'll say that every time, because that's kind of my little personal motto, Invictus Manio. Same uh, motto as the Armstrong clan from Scotland, Invictus Manio. Um, I don't speak Latin fluently enough to know if I'm pronouncing it right. I hope I am. But, um, yeah, I like Latin enough that I've uh, learned little words and sayings here and there. So, Invictus Manio. As always... Please donate to something. Please. My pockets aren't deep. If yours are, please. If you're not, then you're in the same boat as me. I understand. But I still, like I said, I find I find a way to donate. I donated to Fun Spot this year. And um, I'm sure I'll be donating to others. So please just find something to donate to. I always recommend ALS because I want, I want to kill this disease. And then when that's done, I'll move on to something else. But right now, ALS still exists, and as long as it does, it will be my arch enemy. So please donate to ALS Association at ALSA.org. And as always, good night, Malcolm Butler, wherever you are, which might not be Tennessee because uh, I've been reading articles that he might get cut. But wherever he is, <laughs> good night, Malcolm Butler, wherever you are.